The time is now. What is the secret to success? Movement. People look at you strange saying you change, like you work that hard to stay the same. Like you're doing all this for a reason. Hard work. Yeah. Works. Thank you for joining me for the latest Trainers Talk. My name is Donovan, and we have a, a great interview that I was able to have with the founder and former CEO of the Bearish Resorts. Um, and I'll kind of introduce that a little bit before we get into that. But <clears throat> kind of going back and forth on some of the recent um, news highlights that have come up that... Um, are in my world sphere or the things that I've I've been paying attention to. The first thing is the Joe Rogan, since I'm on a podcast here, is the Joe Rogan stuff uh, with Spotify and with, you know, Neil Young and uh, several artists that are dropping their music from Spotify's uh, platform. And the... I had a client ask me uh, today of what I, you know, talking about that. He said, you know, have you dropped Spotify? And I said, no. Um, now I use Spotify as my primary um, place to, especially since I teach a lot of classes that uses music. Um, I don't use it for my primary place for podcasts, but I definitely use it for my primary place to to you know, put my playlist together and 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 categorize the music and stuff that I play in classes. And he asked, kind of asked my take, and you know, we were in the middle of session. I didn't want to take over from session and get into a a deep thought about something like this, but in thinking about it more, I think that I have listened to Joe Rogan on and off for several years now, probably four or five prior to him being on Spotify. Um, And it's 90% of the time is based off the guest that he has. He has a guest that um, speaks about a topic that I'm interested in, or it's a celebrity, like the Kevin Hart interview or the Dave Chappelle interview, which I'm going to be interested in. Um, And sometimes he'll have a, a, a doctor or a person who happens to um, be in a particular space that's in my field, maybe something about longevity, something about optimizing your health and and things that I'm interested in. And so I've always found that his podcast um, is genuine. Now... You can be genuine and you can be wrong also and think that you're saying something that's true. And I think that is, you know, I have a principle on um, trying to be as authentic as I can with people and people being authentic with me. And for that reason, I don't plan on uh, getting rid of Spotify for those reasons. I think that... um, you know, you know, some of it is I'm I'm a fan of Chappelle. I'm 
a fan of Kevin Hart. I'm, I'm a fan of of uh, Charlemagne and um, and all those. They co-signed some of uh, uh, Rogan and and that he's a very genuine person and that he and he kind of spoke about it. He's he's made mistakes and and I think it's kind of one of those things of where he's almost gotten too big to make those mistakes and I think he's learning that and I think um, similar to a lot of us you know we make mistakes and uh, I just hope when I make a mistake people will give me the grace and opportunity to change and so we'll see we'll see what happens over the next uh, month the next year um, how he will continue to operate, will he improve, will he adapt, but will he still stay genuine? I just want to make sure that he does that because I think that's one of the reasons why his numbers are what his numbers are. People go there, they don't trust the standard. I don't watch standard media much anymore um, unless something kind of very historic or just like you need a quick when, what, where, how type of uh, situation. So I'm careful to comment on movies that I don't watch. Um, I, I'll state why I haven't watched it if it's based off the trailer, but I just kind of go on my own path. I don't, I don't have time to, to do it, but I can understand and I respect the artist of Neil Young, the artist uh, that made their position they have so the right to to do as they feel as i've done similar situations where there's certain people i decided to stop working with because they don't align with um, our values and our principles and and i respect that but i also think that you know um you know time will tell if you allow a person to evolve and those things don't happen overnight and he has done hundreds and hundreds of podcasts and so you know the the viewpoint of him you know has to be nuanced and and can't be based off of a couple of episodes now if you feel like it's always been that way then that's a that's a different thing but you have to kind of look at it um you know, you can't look at it in a microscope and look at the whole totality of what he's done and and figure out, you know, hey, you you speak up when you feel like he's not doing right. But understand that people are going to make mistakes and people are going to say things that we don't agree with. And people sometimes are not as smart as they think they are. And he's learning that. And like we all have. And we'll see if that turns around. And I believe it will. Um, the second thing is the Brian Flores uh, lawsuit in the NFL. He is, he was a former uh, Miami Dolphins uh, head coach and um, he was African, he's African American and um, he was fired after two winning seasons um, are in two of the best Miami seasons they've had in a long, long time. Um, and He's suing the NFL due to certain, um, because right now there's only one African-American coach, um, and 73% of the players in the NFL are African-American, are black, and 
um, it's kind of a poor representation to see that many um, players in the league and only one African-American coach. And I think what he's doing is courageous um, because you, he's definitely put himself out on the line to go after a league that has as much power as it does. Um, but it's pl- pretty, pretty glaring of just pure numbers. I mean, like, do I think an owner has to be forced to, to hire um, African-Americans or people, minorities? I don't think so. But I think it it makes sense. It just makes, I don't know. I think, I feel like if you're, if you're, working with a lot of young kids, it might make sense to sometimes hire a younger staff member. If you're, if you're, you know, if you're running a women's basketball league, it might make sense for a lot of your coaches to be women. Um, If you're, um, if you're running an NFL team and most of your players are African-American, it might make sense to, to, strongly consider hiring a very qualified African-American coach. And there are several because there's 73% players in the league and, and not all of them are players who are her coaches now, but a lot of them have on field experience. A lot of them have been coaches and worked through the ranks just like any other coach and worked really hard to put themselves in positions to, to, you know, have the opportunities that, are deserved for being a head coach. So um, I hope that gets rectified and that the only way change happens sometimes is moving some shit around. So I didn't want to, I wanted to, I kind of went back and forth on wanting to talk about this, but I think it was just, I kind of wanted to document it and just get my word out there on that. And, you know, to get things done, sometimes you got to move shit around. And, and I think, uh, that's why I'm excited about this interview that I had with Mark Harmon, who, like I said, was the former CEO and founder of Averis Resorts. And for those of my listeners who, who don't uh, live in the area, live in California, might not know about Averis Resorts. Averis Resorts is a um, luxury hospitality hotel brand that um, focuses on hotels that are about 50 to 60 rooms, um, boutique style, usually have great restaurants. Um, usually the room product has a, um, is at a price point above $1,000 a night, you know, approaching over $2,000 a night. So it's very ultra luxury um, price points. Um, each hotel is very distinct and when you go to them, and um, this is where I started my career, is with this company. Um, my hospitality career, I'll put it that way, not my, necessarily my fitness career. So that's how I was able to build a brand of hospitality fitness and get more knowledge. And a lot of it came through the first seven years that I um, worked out in California was with a Bears Resorts. And uh, several of the things that we're doing now and we're continuing to do came from inspiration of this company and it was fun to sit down with somebody that I've gotten to know over um, the years and being in California 
and uh, sit back and enjoy my conversation with Mark Harmon. Yeah. Hello, boys and girls. I would like to welcome you to the latest Trainers Talk. I am uh, really excited to talk to this gentleman here. It's been it's been a while. Uh, he is a maniac on the on the the mountain bike <laughs> and on the hills, but he's also the founder of Bears Resorts, and he is he led to the reason why I'm in California. That's right, Mr. Mark Harmon. Yeah, man, well, do we get lucky? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, they didn't send me back, so uh, so it's, it's all good. Thank you for joining. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Donovan. It's great to see you, and it's great to be with you. Yeah, it's, um, you know, you have been, you know, it, it was, I'm glad we were able to talk. We were able to talk a couple of weeks ago, and you gave me some good advice to some things that I'm working on. But um, one of the things I wanted to kind of start with is, you know, I've seen, you know, at least you're, you're posting it uh, more often of you being out, you know, surfing and on, on the bike and and kind of being more of an outdoorsman. When you look over the last like 40 years or so, you know, when you were 20. Since I'm only 40. Yeah, since so, you're only right. 40, exactly. Yeah, thank so you. When, you were, when you were a little baby. Uh, <laughs> so when you're in like your 20s and 30s, you know, versus your 40s and 50s, and is there a, you know, a change or a different goal mind that you have when it comes to fitness and wellness? Yeah, that's for sure. You know, we look, we got to look after ourselves. You know, we get to that uh, certain age when um, you're not moving as quickly and, you know, you want to stay in shape. So I've really gravitated a lot uh, more into yoga because, you know, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of surfing, right? Yeah. So, and I surfed growing up, you know, I do it a couple times a year, but man, that is one of the most challenging sports you can imagine. Yes. So I've been hanging out down in Nicaragua, and it's this beautiful beach on the Pacific, and it's a fast, big wave Yeah. that basically I'm taking my punishment every day out there, you know. But you've got to be quick, and you've got to move quickly. And imagine this, you know, you're paddling like hell, completely prone position, and then you've got to get up and make that happen yes. in a split second, yeah. right? So what do you need for that? Flexibility. Totally. And, you know, from lifetime of cycling and skiing and everything like that, my hips and, you know, my flexibility is, is a little limited. So yeah. working a lot on yoga. And it's a tough deal. Uh, we're in an open-air palapa that steps from the beach and, you know, we'll go for an hour and a half, two hours, you know, listening to the waves and that yeah. sort of thing. So it's also a wonderful way you know, to get some peace of mind. Yeah. And I have to say that those two elements of yoga, of uh, really working on fitness and flexibility, but as well your mental state, yeah. made a big difference for me. Yeah, it has, has that, have you, what are some things that, you know, taking that mental state, what are some things that have become more important to you as you've gotten older when it comes to that than that, you know, you probably you didn't think it was as important when you were younger? Yeah, well, I think, you know, what, when I was younger and working hard and starting the company and so forth, you're just, you're just moving so quickly. Yeah. And you happen to be raising a family, the most yeah. important thing. But, by the way, you know, you just don't, you, it seems like you never have enough time to really sit down and think about things and process it. You're moving, you're, you know, 
family of four, I got to tell you, you, you must be busy all the time. Yeah, I'm. So I'm in that stage <laughs> you're talking about right now, where I feel like I'm just I'm running on a treadmill. Exactly. And one of the things that I've uh, been doing quite a bit of lately that I found really helps out on the mental health area is meditation. Yeah. So I've been meditating every morning. I've um, had a transcendental meditation practice, which is you know repeating a certain mantra. Uh, I started that after college, but I never was doing it yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. And a couple years ago, I said, okay, I need to settle in on this and I need to get some peace of mind sold the company and it was time to move out of the you know period kind of you know always going always going the kids are out of the house so how was i going to get to be uh, a little more peaceful and calm and meditation has really helped out yeah. a lot a so lot. so tell me your, is that part of your morning routine Part of my morning routine. So what does that look like? So morning routine, um, depending on whether I'm in the mountains or at the beach, um, but I get up in the morning and I meditate first thing. Yeah. I really like that. Clears the mind, you know, before I read email, before I look at the news, before I really do anything. Yeah. And I find that, you know, if I'm lucky, I'll, uh, I'll get a good thought or two yeah. out of it, even though you're not supposed to be thinking, yeah. but stuff will pop into my mind. And believe me, there's some stuff that I go, yeah, I should have thought of that. So it's a great way to clear the mind and a great way to let those thoughts maybe that have been welling up in you, but you're just really not conscious of come to the forefront. Yeah. Love it. It's great. And then after that, um, make a coffee, you yeah. know, yeah. With oat milk, by the way, okay. I love oat milk. And then, um, do some stretching and yoga. I either will go to a class or I'll spend, you know, 20 minutes or half an hour on the mat myself, just yeah. really stretching out. And then after that, it's either skiing or surfing, Yeah. followed by breakfast. I've been doing um, a lot of intermittent fasting where I'm trying to put off my first meal. I used to be a regular breakfast eater. Yeah. Now I'll do a bulletproof coffee in the morning awesome. and then try not to eat until about 11 or 12. And, um, my understanding on that on the wellness side is that, you know, it, it goes back uh, several thousand years in, in Asian, you know, Chinese traditions that you should give your body a rest. Yeah. You know, if you're eating all the time, your body's working hard to yeah. digest and so forth. So I've been trying to keep that what's sort of like a 12 to 16 hour window where, you know, you're, and, and the Bulletproof coffee helps me through that. I yes. just use a little collagen powder and some MCT oil and you know, a nice coffee in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that. I like that. I mean, I mean, even I have a morning routine within that. It's, it's not, I don't have as much time to dig, but I, it is important to like set your day and how I know when I don't have the time to do my morning routine, how it does towards the end of the day, I start to like waver a little yeah, bit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I should mention that I've been trying to do more of is to do a little journaling in the morning, okay, yeah. you know, and that's one of those habits that I need to get more into. But I found that my most productive time is that early morning time after I've meditated, maybe after I've done some stretching, maybe before. And, you know, your mind, you just kind of let it go. The journaling idea is to just write and yeah. see what comes out. And it's been pretty good. Yeah, it's been good. So I'm trying to combine those mental aspects with the fitness aspects. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm also trying to do a little more weight training. Yeah. Because uh, I, I could use a lot of it personally. 
But on the other hand, you know, they say as you get older, it's more important to, uh, you know, protect against losing your muscle mass and kind of working your whole body. So understand you know something about that. Yeah, there's a couple of things about that that I've, I've heard of or read some research on. And, you know, but I think, you know, knowing you for now about 15 years, um, you know, we just we just connected about 10 minutes before we started this. And and, you know, you're standing taller, you're you're leaner. Thank you. And and uh, and uh, I can tell even within you know your energy and your presence that you have been working on yourself and i can i can tell that it's uh it's paying off yeah well thank you i appreciate that that's good to hear i need you know the positive encouragement we all do right yeah but but i think it's true and uh you know a lot of times when we're working and raising a family you just don't have those times to think about yourself but Looking back on it, I wish I'd maybe gotten up just a little earlier, done some meditation and some stretching, some things that put you in a great peace of mind. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I love yoga and that element of it, but I also love a great workout. And um, I also like, as you know, adventure sports. Yes. So whether it's cycling, mountain biking, road biking, skiing, surfing, uh, the thing that I love best about those things is not only that you're challenging yourself all the time, yes. which is great, I love that, but um, it puts you in that flow state, at least until you crash. Exactly. You know? <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're in a flow state, you know, you, you can let a lot of things go. It's a lot like meditation in some ways, Yeah. right? Yeah. You know, your, your mind can just go free and you're focusing on what your body is doing and you come out of that refreshed and excited. Not for everybody, but for me, I love that rush of uh, going fast, under control, yeah. most of the time. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> no, I, I can, I can kind of see that where sometimes, you know, being able to do something that requires a lot of focus and concentration doesn't allow, you know, crazy thoughts or weird things to just kind of float through the head. Yeah. It allows you to kind of like yeah. to turn off that button for a little bit, that worry button for a little Absolutely. bit. You know, another thing we've uh, been doing quite a bit of up in the uh, mountains in Colorado uh, is hiking. You know, yeah. there's, uh, there's an element of that when you're hiking and you let your mind go and your yeah. body's engaged in something. And we've been going on long hikes up there anywhere from, you know, 10 to 20 miles back into the deep um, snowmass wilderness. And uh, my favorite thing to do is to find a mountain lake. Yeah. Get up there at the end of the hike take a dive into that mountain lake yeah it's gonna wake you up is that that for sure the cold plunge will do that you know if you now if we go back into uh you know creating a barge and you know what sparked that i mean you uh and and having potentially i I wonder was there a lot of inspiration from seeing what your your dad did with a barge to soleil and and kind of what was the mindset in saying kind of coming up with this idea and, and, and building this company? Well, it's a good question. And, and um, you know, what happened with me is that I started out my career as a lawyer and, and that didn't last very long, yeah. pretty boring. And I started in the development business. And I loved real estate, I loved building things. Yeah. And in 1981, my dad and his partner, Claude Ross, uh, built the restaurant here at the Auberge de Soleil. And soon after that, opened up the cottages. 
And so I was looking at that and I said, oh, that's kind of an interesting business. You know, I, I should learn more about that. And as I started building things in the real estate side, you know, I, I, I like to create things that are going to last for a long time. Yeah. They're really high quality. And everything that my dad and Claude did here is of that character. Yeah. But the other thing about it that was unusual is that this is a 50-room hotel. And, and nobody was really building 50-room hotels. Nobody thought those could be that successful. Yeah. Well, this property has proved that you can. And so I realized, well, this is an area where I could do something that I wouldn't be... Uh, uh, you know, had that much competition. Yes. And while there are plenty of small luxury hotels in Europe and so forth, in the United States, there are not that many. Yeah. And I started taking a much closer look at this property. And one of the things you realized, and you realize this in real estate, is that you can build whatever you want, but unless it's well managed, it's not going to be worth a lot. Yes. It can be worth a lot more if you've got a great management company. Yeah. So I wanted to develop hotels. I started the management company in 1998. And then what I found was that developers were coming to us and saying, we really like what you're doing. Would you partner with us on this real estate development? You know, build the hotel. We're going to build some residential. We love this combination of all the amenities and services you have in a hotel with these beautiful luxury homes, not big projects, you yeah. know, really the right size projects. So Esperanza is one of the first that came out the shoot. Palmetto Bluff, which we don't have anymore, Calistoga Ranch. Yeah. We opened in 04. And then I like to tell the story, you know, that you know, Bears de Soleil is for adults. And I was raising a family, so I figured better make a place where I can bring up my kids. Yeah. And that's the idea for Solage. Yeah. And that's how we were so lucky to get you because Richard Hill one day ran into you in a gym in Atlanta and said, I love this guy. I got to bring him to the Napa Valley to open up Solage. Yeah. And uh, he, was, <laughs> he, he was crazy enough to do that. And uh, that think, was the best move he could have made. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you, uh, really, you really put us on the map, Donovan, and, and have gone on to do such great things. And, you know, it was, it was a core philosophy around Solage at the time. We started the construction in 05, we opened in 07, that, you know, we wanted to be about living outdoors. We wanted to be about taking advantage of the good life, you yeah. know, enjoying great food, great wine, but also getting in shape. Yeah. And eating well. And you remember Brandon was cooking some amazing food. I know. The yeah. tradition continues today with the with Chef Rios and um, you know it's uh, it was funny I just have to tell a quick story that we were trying to figure out what the food concept was going to be and I was working with one of the guys here at the Auberge de Soleil and we kind of came up with this idea of a little bit of heaven and a little bit of hell yeah and so the heaven was the really good side you know the greens and the fresh produce and all this stuff and then on the other side, we had sliders, you know, with bacon on them and the lucky pig. You remember that? Yes, yes. Just this big roast uh, pig on, uh, you know, put in the mushu pancakes and oh, everything. Yeah. So it's always been the philosophy, live well, eat well, get fit. Yes. And take care of yourself. And you don't have to deny yourself those pleasures. Yeah. Keep it in balance and stay in shape. Yeah. One of the things I, I've enjoyed that... Um, you've done with the Bears Resorts, and I, you know, I've read a couple of articles getting prepared for, for this. Is how each property has its own soul, has its own feeling when you walk onto it. There's, yeah. there's a standard when you walk, you know, when you're greeted and stuff. And 
trust me, I know, I know those, I remember those standards. Um, but, you know, even if somebody wasn't, like even if there wasn't any staff here, the staff is really what makes it. But yeah. even if a staff wasn't here, you could walk on the property and you cannot tell necessarily, now you can because you've built a great brand. But in the beginning, it's like they each had their own great feeling. Yeah, they each had their own identity. Came out of a couple of things, uh, philosophies, uh, Donovan. Really, first of all, you know, I always thought that real estate ought to reflect the beauty of the location. And you know, whether we were on the Sea of Cortez down in Cabo, or here in the Napa Valley, or in Aspen, Colorado, you know, there's so many wonderful things about those environments. We are so lucky to be in these beautiful places that. You know, why would you do something that didn't reflect and, and enhance your kind of experience in those places? Yeah. So it really came from that. And the other side of it was really as small luxury properties really wanted to be in a position where people could say, you know, that was a unique experience. It was something I couldn't find anywhere else. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially in the early years, you know, when I was getting going, Four Seasons, Ritz-Carlton's, a lot of bigger brands were saying, we need to be a lot alike. Yes. You know, we need to have the same this, the same that. And I just thought that that didn't really work and didn't give the guests the sense that they were in a really special place. Yeah. So for me, it was a blast. And also, you know, by, by background, really a more of a real estate guy than a hotel guy. And um, I absolutely love the hotel business, but to me, you create value by creating iconic places that are going to live forever in those locations. And you know, we like to say, you want to build a place that feels like it belongs there. Yeah, it's just kind of that simple. Yeah, you know, what's um, you know, this is kind of more of a pers personal question I'm asking for myself. If you look back as you were building the company. What would you say are some of the highlights and lowlights, and how did you learn from them? As, as, because you know, we, whenever you have you own a business, or you know, you're going to go through waves. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Well, I mean, the the highlights were many. You know, we really were kind of in a golden age there from '98 through 2008, where a lot of new projects were getting built yeah. and not that many people understood the small luxury space I was talking about, you know, yeah. 50 to 100 room hotel. So we were being courted um, by developers in fantastic locations yes. and built a bunch of properties. Um, a, a couple of the lowlights were that I thought I could do some of this myself. Yeah. And I started a project down in the Caribbean, yeah. which, um, you know, it's a beautiful area, but it's also a graveyard for a lot of deals. Yeah. It's really tough to do business there. And, you know, lesson was you just can't do this yourself. And it was thousands of miles away and it takes a lot of capital. It takes a lot of people. So I kind of got outside of where what we did really well yeah. and decided to take on, <clears throat> you know, uh, with the idea that we could be successful doing things we hadn't done before or weren't properly equipped to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, never believe your own press release. Well, My <laughs> but I think, I think like, so where, you know, you kind of spoke on what the lesson was within that, because I think, you know, to, to, to continue to evolve and grow, you have to take risks. Like in the moment, when you look back, you're like, Ah, that was kind of stupid. But then, but when you think about what you learned from it and how, what did that experience do 
over the next four or five years for your, your, your thought process? Well, it really uh, taught me that you need to have the right partners. Yeah. And, you know, partners are, you got to do your due diligence. You've got to understand what their motivations are. And after 2009, when the world changed quite a bit, became a lot more competitive, you know, I sought out a, uh, a partner in the business. Yeah. And was extremely lucky to find Dan Friedkin. Uh, and Dan, uh, strategic, brilliant, you know, really one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And so for us to be able to connect and have his support yeah. to build the company was critical. Um, again, I learned I was not going to be able to do it myself. So yeah. pick the right partner and, you know, make sure that you've got all your bases covered. And uh, really that happened and it was very, very lucky to, to have that happen. Yeah, yeah it's... it's um that's interesting. So now you've in a position where you've sold the company, you're, yeah. you've been able to really work on yourself over the last couple of years from a, from a physical standpoint and mental health standpoint, but you still have this wealth of experience and, you know, energy and life. Yep. And so what, what is, what, what are you putting out there for the next five or 10 years that you're hoping to kind of like set forth? Well, I've got a few goals. I mean, one is um, uh, to continue to, you know, work here with this unbelievable team at the Auberge de Soleil, yeah. George and Bradley and Renee and everybody that, you know, have made this property so incredible. And, you know, the world is changing a lot. Um, we've been extremely lucky. This has been a fantastic year for us. But it was followed, you know, in 2020 uh, yeah. by the worst year we've ever had. You yeah. know, we were closed for the fires, for the pandemic. So, you know, you, you've got to build in some flexibility. You've got to build in resilience. And, you know, I want to continue to work on things here. We've got some goals for the main house and uh, to continue to invest in this property. As, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful property and every year we want to add more to it. Yeah. Second thing is to take on a few projects, but I've realized that my most, um, you know, useful goal or uh, skill has been to be in the creative side of things. Yes. So rather than try to do too many things, I want to be involved in the beginning on the concept of projects and figuring out what works, putting together the design team. I love working with great designers and been very blessed to be able to do that over my career. So I want to continue that because that's a very energizing, yeah. exciting process. And then uh, finally, you know, help out uh, my kids. I got two boys who are kind of interested in, uh, in the business and I've been sending them some opportunities. They are doing terrific. My daughter also is doing really, really well with everything she's doing in the, um, in the jewelry business now, but uh, the two boys are a little more focused on hospitality and construction yeah. and then development. So I want to help get them started, just like my dad helped me. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's, uh, you know, that, that's kind of cool to see I, the, the, the line that comes with going on a hike, finding a lake. There's a discovery piece in Mm -hmm. And you can see how it just lines up with the creative aspect of discovering a, a piece of land, discovering a, a place that, you know, um, can, could use some new energy. And, and uh, I can see that's like yeah. directly into your personality. 
Yeah, and, and part of it too, Donovan, we were talking about, you know, your ability at times in your life to focus on what you're doing and what you do and what gives you satisfaction and having the time to do that, I really realized that, you know, a lot of what drives me is that creative process. Yeah. So I can focus on that now because I've done these other things and they've given me a place where I can, you know, take advantage of opportunities that are presented to me, but I can also give it a lot more focus on the creative side and not worry about the other stuff that, yeah. you know, that gets filled in by other really capable people that can do a much better job than me. But if I can add value and get a lot out of being part of the creative process, the concept and the development of properties, then I'm good. That's, and that's what I'm looking forward to. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, we kind of we kind of went through everything that I really wanted to go into. Did you have any questions for me at all? Well, I'm excited to hear about the uh, you know what what's ahead for you. You've built an incredible uh, franchise here, yeah. you know, in recognition. And uh, yeah, here's this guy that came out here on a whim, and yeah, you know, I think um, part of it too, Donovan, is you know building the brand that you have, which is so much to do with um, your approach to things. You're so positive. Uh, as you mentioned, um, we were talking about Dwayne and Susan Hoff. I know some of your biggest fans, and that's one of the first things they said. Is, He's just such a positive guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, what's, up, what's up ahead with you? So, I mean, uh, some of the things that we're, you know, we're focused on over the next two to three years uh, of things I, I can say is, well, one, a Bears Resource has been an inspiration. Um, so, you know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to be able to sit down with you. And, you know, I, I've seen that same connection, you know, that you saw that, hey, you can be a part of the creative process, which I love. Yeah. Also, like, you know, creating something, you know, what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like, the touch points. But, you know, to, for it to really thrive is like, you know, a plant. You can't just plant it and leave it alone. Yeah. Gotta feed it. You gotta care feed for it, it. Care for it. So, you know, I'm in that process of we've been building a team, and yeah. you know, we have about uh, over 45 instructors. Wow, and, that's awesome. And um, and then we have a core team of about uh, six that is kind of my leadership team, and right. and um, and our goal is to, you know, through some advice about it, it's slowly to grow, uh, stay in Napa for the core part, but start to grow into Sonoma. And, you know, I've, I've told with going back and forth, how far out do we go, you know, and how fast do we do that? Yeah. Um, but connecting with other resorts, um, had a great chat with uh, your brother this morning. Oh, good. Uh, so about his, his project coming up. So that's kind of one side of it. And then the other side is, I really care about, you know, I've, I've really come to grown me, Chris Canning, yeah. who's, uh, you know, love the Up Valley, St. Helena, Calistoga, most of Napa Valley, but those, the, that's the core community that I've worked with. Yeah. And so we've built a great gym in Calistoga and I kind of see this space of going towards a building and developing something that, you know, we've been doing the fitness, but that addresses what's the difference between longevity yeah. and fitness. Yeah. And yeah. there's a medical aspect in there, and there's some other uh, partners that I think can come together to, because to, I, I, 
I'm realizing from talking with people like yourself that I can't do it on my own, and and I and I want this to be uh, positive for the community. So that's kind of the next things that are on deck. That's awesome. Well, I love a couple of things you said there, Donovan. First of all, go slow and build on quality. You know, yeah. and it's kind of like in the hotel business or in your business, it's one guest at a time, right? Yes, exactly. Just got to make it work for them. And I love your patience. I see too many companies that, you know, grow for the sake of growth. And um, there's an old saying there, you know, more companies die from uh, indigestion than starvation. Yeah. It's taken on too much, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's what happens. And also, I, I truly appreciate that you're building your team because, you know, the the business is all about the team, whether you're in hospitality or, you know, you're in the hospitality business as well, but, you know, in fitness and what you're doing, it's, it's about building a team of dedicated people and the culture around excellence. Yeah. Which I know is what you're all about. So, uh, that's awesome. I'm excited to see the next steps. Yeah. I Maybe will. we'll figure out some ways to work together. You I know, that's, know. That's, that's what I hope for. And, and I'll definitely be keeping you you know, you're on my short list of people I'll be staying in touch with. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Well, thank thank you. you for right. uh, joining me. My pleasure, Donovan. Awesome. Thank you.